This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is from oilpressure.com and his oil pressure blog, one of the best on IndyCar racing. It is George Phillips. Welcome to the show, sir. Steve, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, spring is in the air, and uh, it, there's uh, some racing withdrawal going on in the world, as, uh, of course, you and I would, uh, this weekend, would be down at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. But judging from the weather, maybe that's a good thing. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I looked last night. I think the temperature today, the high there today, was supposed to be 55. So, uh, yeah. you know, we, we've been to a few of those cold Grand Prix yes. before. Yeah, especially on uh, in the old in, in the old school days uh, back in the uh, you know eighties, nineties, and whatnot. Uh, that opening uh, day of qualifying could have been uh, could be very chilly, couldn't have been. When I look back at um, my elementary school years of going to Indianapolis for a pole day, uh, mostly what I think about are gray and cold skies, uh, cold weather. Gray skies, cold weather. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly has been. And, uh, of course, uh, looks like IndyCar Racing will be returning at, at Texas uh, Speedway on June 6th, and we're certainly uh, glad for that. It's going to be a little different, though, with uh, no fans, and uh, Roger Penske uh, had to do some wheeling and dealing with Eddie Gossage, didn't he? Yeah, and I I have not heard what transactions took, or lack of a transaction took place. Uh, I don't know the... The uh, sanctioning fee was waived. Uh, I would imagine it was certainly reduced, but I'm glad that whatever happened, happened. I know some people are, A, upset that they're racing at all. B, they're upset that they're racing with no fans. I I was kind of surprised right after it was announced. I saw on social media how people said that uh, IndyCar doesn't care about fans. I mean, to me, that's preposterous. Uh, In this this environment, uh, take what you can get. Well, I think you know we're you know we're mentioning uh, you know we had some sprint car racing in Iowa uh, yesterday, and we have NASCAR returning uh, with their series in Charlie and Darlington, and this is a way for them to kind of stick their toe in the water, isn't it? Whereas we still don't have baseball, we don't have uh, basketball, never completed its series uh, season as of yet, and it remains to see where you know that it looks like the NFL will be starting on time, but that really remains to be seen. It's, it's a schedule that's kind of written in pencil and has built-in uh, flexibility. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm really kind of surprised by that. 
Yeah, but um, personally, I'm I'm very glad they're they're doing this for a number of reasons. Plus, I think just the the country needs this, not for sports, but uh, as you say, to put their toe in the water. Because if you don't take a step forward and try something, you don't know what's going to work and what's not. I mean, um, this could have disastrous consequences. I don't think so. Quite honestly, um, the virus is. Uh, really the third thing that I'm worried about for, for that weekend. Um, I got a couple of uh, other safety concerns. Um, I'm concerned that you do have um, a few rookies going into the season that their very first exposure to live IndyCar racing is going to be at Texas, which can be, um, it can be challenging. And the fact that they're doing as a one-day turnaround, a one-day show, practice in the morning, qualify in the afternoon, race at night, or whatever the time schedule is, it's going to be a one-day a one day deal. And I understand the reasoning, but still I think it's unfortunate if you're going to do a one-day show that it is at Texas because that that can be treacherous. And, and another concern I have besides the rookies or even the veterans shaking off rust, um, the, the aero screens. Uh, keep in mind this is the, the first race for this aero screen, and I've kind of heard some things sort of behind the scenes that even as we speak, they're still working out ways to get better ventilation into the cockpit of these cars. And um, that's going to have some aerodynamic consequences that will really not be tried on a live track. So I think there's a lot of more unknowns going into this season over than any other I can ever think of. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, there, there's always been... You know, I was not a fan uh, of, and I, and I still will say this, I'm not a fan of the aero screens. And, of course, there's been, I was surprised by the lockstep. Everybody fell in the line on both sides, whether it's racing, on the on the racing side, the, the sanctioning body side, and the full-time media side. On that, well, this is the greatest thing ever. We need to do this. I understand the reasonings on that. Uh, but then again... I, I also remember and hearing it firsthand from drivers when I was a kid and that, and I, I, I don't think they were valid, but certainly there's those who, who is regarding sprint car racing when they added roll, roll cages. One of the one of the criticisms is that it's going to make a lot of uh, drivers braver and put themselves in situations, and then you saw that with the when they came up in 2012 with the DW12 and putting the fenders on that, well, having that protection on the rear wheels, well, maybe I can be a little bit braver. And we saw that, and it 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 helped, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't the best. And they made changes from that original design. So I'm I guess I guess my my main criticism is I don't want that arrow screen to be used as a, an excuse to make a move on a track where a driver should not have made a move, I guess is what I'm trying to say. What do you think about that? Yeah, and, and, and that's, that's even another valid point that um, uh, I, hadn't even, I hadn't even thought of that angle. But uh, I just think that, uh, and I'm like you, I was not in favor of this. Um, uh, I'm, I will admit with the with the iRacing that we watched, it sort of if it served no other purpose, it sort of got us used to looking at those cars with these windscreens. Arrow screens, but um, 
I, like you, I'm, I'm surprised at the at the lockstep, and that's a good term for it because I'm also hearing privately that the drivers are very concerned about the heat in the cockpit, but they've been told not to say anything. So, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that no drivers are saying anything negative about it tells you that they've been instructed not to. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I was there, and I I, th- I I believe you were at Indianapolis last year when they announced it. And yeah. everybody was like, okay, oh, oh, yes. And I'm like, oh, boy. And I remember Johnny, and I mentioned this on, on an earlier show. I remember Johnny Rutherford, you know, who everybody respects. And he's like, well, what happens when you're coming down the speedway to Indianapolis Motor Speedway? Somebody loses an engine and your screen is, you can't see. And you're going into turn one. And nobody had an answer for that. I'm like, Okay, <laughs> we'll see what happens. You know, so, uh, you know, I, I, it'll be remains to see what happens. And like I said, I, I, you can't. Now that's true with with an open cockpit. You know, your your helmet can be obscured with stuff too, but you can hit that tear off a lot quicker. And I understand the windscreens are have going to have tear offs too, but I just don't want people. I guess what I'm trying to say is this is not the all-fix-all panacea that everybody thinks it is. I agree, and I think that, of course, you and I are both old school, but I do I do think that this is going to, and we may find this out in a month, that there are going to be some unintended consequences. I think they tried to think through certain scenarios, but until certain, until they're faced with live uh, bullets on the racetrack, so to speak, they're not going to think of everything. And then suddenly we're going to be faced with something that I hope does not have dire consequences. Yeah. And I was, all, I mean, safety. I was all for the initial, which turned out to be the mount for it, but with the initial, uh, um, I guess, what do you want to kick, kick up, whatever you want to call it, that they, that they put on in the center line in front of the cockpit which was was a way to kick up debris in that. I was all for that. And but the bottom line for me, old school guy here is it it's, it's open cockpit racing. And and for those that are not comfortable with it, and I've heard drivers say this, uh and you know if you don't want to race it, then race IMSA. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> it's it's I just, I, as I say, I just hope there aren't a lot of unintended consequences that have uh, bad results. Yeah. Um, talking with uh, George Phillips on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline here, and you know what? This is this is a situation where, darn it, I was going to do it, and I just got distracted. <laughs> Talk us through your your. Uh, uh, two heads are better than one column, and this was a kind of a cool thing that that, that Charlie Kimball did, and uh, kind of walk us through how what 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 I'm talking about. Okay, um, I guess it was last week. I had seen on social media that Charlie Kimball was going to be hosting, or at least the way I gathered that he would be hosting this trivia contest, but. The more I saw it, it's like, okay, well, there's, it's got a lot of credibility to it. A.J. Foy's going to be reading the question. Mario Andretti will. Ari Leyendijk will. Donald Davidson has vetted all these questions, and they were going to cap it at 500 teams. Um, and I was thinking, 
wow, I like trivia, but I'm, uh, I'll be embarrassed if I enter this thing. Well, my good friend and, and, and your good friend, Paul Dalby, um, he texted me saying we need to enter this thing. So he, I said no initially. He called me that night, and so I reluctantly agreed. And um, it was really an, a, a neat thing. Um, turns out it was actually hosted by, I, I feel naive because I'd never heard of him, but Matt Hammond, and this is Hambone Trivia, which I think this is all he does now. He's a former attorney, but he's apparently made a killing off of this HambonTrivia.com. And so he was actually hosting this, and Charlie was sort of providing guest commentary. And uh, but they just it was uh, they read a bunch of questions per round, and they didn't print them up. And, and if you weren't jotting them down, um, you were lost. But anyway, Paul and I were on FaceTime together with each other, as this was on a private YouTube channel. Long story short, we didn't really know where we stood. We knew we were getting, they would read the answers of each round, but we didn't know where we stood. We knew we had only lost, excuse me, missed one question, but we didn't know how anybody else did it. Turns out, long story short, we won the thing. Um, finished number one in points. So uh, it was fun. It was, it was a good time. There were tough questions. Um, my wheelhouse is more 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, and Paul's is more 80s forward. Uh, we're both good from about... 1990 on, but I'm really weak in the mid mid to late 70s and, and early 80s. Well, that's his wheelhouse, so that's where most of the questions were. So he really knew more of the questions than I did. I, I gave him a couple of answers, but uh, it was a good collaborative effort, and, hell, we ended up winning the thing. Sounded like fun, and, it, yeah, that's something that, you know, I, I always wanted to be on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, not necessarily – for for what what you know how I would have done on the show, but I, I thought I always had the perfect um, uh, what was that uh, lifeline people, and yeah. I had I, I figured I had five people you could have put five people in there, and I thought I had such a darn good uh, lifeline of people who knew a wide variety of stuff i had a sports guy i had a kind of a classic literature kind of opera type guy i had in 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 mind and and so forth and and i had five guys i thought that would really be that could nail that could really help me out i figured with that backing you know i thought i could always done would have done well on it and yeah i think this worked out for you guys because yeah perfect you know, you kind of had a good spectrum across the line, and, and the results certainly showed that. So, yeah, that's pretty and the cool. Good, the good, the, and the good thing was you did have plenty of time. They would just rapid fire read off all these questions. It would be five or six questions per round, but then they would give you like eight minutes to to uh, answer things. And, they, of course, they said don't cheat. And to be honest, we did not cheat. Um But we both would say, yeah, I know that's, that's right, and, and – uh, we would work, we would, um, you know, work with each other and, and between the two of us, one of us would be certain of an answer. And the one that we missed, um, actually we were, <laughs> we were certain of that one, but, uh, it was, um, we were both wrong. What was the one question you guys, uh, that you got, that you got that you didn't think that was going to come up that you nailed? <sighs> oh gosh. You mean, I, I just think of the, one um, that kind of like, uh, surprised I knew that. I can't. 
it's been a week. I, I can't even think back to yesterday. <laughs> um, let me let me think just for a second. Um, well, uh, I can tell you the one that we missed. We it was a four parter. We missed we missed one. But I think um, that was late rate passes, either lap one ninety nine or lap two hundred oh, yeah. for, and uh, it's been done four times in the twenty first century. Named the four years and the drivers who did it. And we both felt comfortable saying Ryan, Ryan Hunter Ray did it in 14. He did not. He passed Elio on lap 197 for the lap, for the final time. Yeah, you know, and, and I... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I'm trying to think what the... I can't even think now what the what the real answer was. Well, here it is. I'll just read it. I'll read it for you. And what's what? What? I'm kind of glad you brought this up because I was in the same boat. I was. I totally forgot about this. Uh, it's a four-part question. Round three. In the 21st century, there had been four Indianapolis 500s decided on the pass on either lap 199 or 200, and who made those passes? What year? Paul and you wrote. Uh, Paul and I came up with Weldon in 2011, and Paul was the first to remember Pageant on 2019. And then I was the first to say Hornish in 2006, but we were stuck in the fourth oh, yeah. one. We, we both agreed it, it, it must have been Ryan Hunter Ray uh, with his battle at Castro Neves in 2014. We were wrong. It was Dario Franchitti passing teammate Scott Dixon at the beginning of lap uh, 199 with Takuma Sato following uh, Franchitti. I had forgotten that one, too. I had too because you always think of that as just being a battle between Frank Heedy and, and Sato. And right. I had kind of forgotten that, that Dixon had been passed. Yep. And I, yeah, it, it's, you know, and uh, Donald Davidson, of course, the dean of Indianapolis 500 uh, trivia and just everything. Uh, he always says that it's numerous stuff that can trick, that can trip you up. And as George and I, George, as you just demonstrated, and I, I'm, I'm a victim of it by missing, by forgetting about it. A short-term memory is certainly something that we, well, we, if we could improve one thing, I think that would be it, isn't it? <laughs> That's it. Uh, and, and just like Donald Davidson said, he can go back to the 1920s, but he can't fully tell you what happened in 2019 yeah it throws you off yeah it certainly does and me too i mean that if i would say my achilles heel on 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 racing trivia would be 20 probably 2010 on the last 10 years and and it's the stuff from uh you know or the stuff that you remember that you wish you couldn't you know i know like uh like like uh uh, I just mentioned this last week was who is David Letterman's favorite driver? Do you remember that one? Uh, Bud Tinglestad. That's it. <laughs> now that's not going to help us in any way financially or anything else, George, but we both knew it is. <laughs> I don't know what that says about either one of us, but, uh, it might, it might win us uh, a free beer in a bar. <laughs> uh, getting back to uh, IndyCar and, and uh, the question I forgot to tell you, I asked you earlier uh, regarding the June 6th with Texas, Eddie Gossage, Roger Penske. How much better is IndyCar in this, I guess, crisis, if you want to call it, with everything? And, it, you know, it is certainly uh, uh, hurt the IndyCar series, but how much better are we off having Roger Penske? Uh, ahead of IndyCar right now? I, 
I don't even think I don't even want to think about it. To be honest with you, because and not to disparage the Home and George family, but right. I just don't think that they had the uh, resources, or if they had the resources, I'm not sure they would have committed the resources to keep the series afloat during this. Uh, it was just I, I I think it was a godsend that uh, things worked out the way they did because I think that. Roger Pence. First of all, I, I still think um, some pretty miraculous deal was cut for Eddie Kaiser to agree to run this race. Um, so I, I don't know if Roger Pinsky paid out of his pocket or if he just, you know, just said go ahead and pay it and we'll make it up later or what. But uh, I mean, or, you know, for IndyCar to, to cover the sanctioning fee, I don't know. I, I have not heard anything that went on. But I think that had Roger Pinsky not been at the head of things now, I'm not sure that June 6th would happen. George, I certainly appreciate you taking time out and joining the final inspection show. And uh, how may we find your stuff online? It's very easy. Just oilpressure.com. Uh, I post three times a week and have been through the off season and uh, even throughout this pandemic. Um, normally I post every day during the month of May, uh, not doing that this year. And I've been, I've been doing this now for over 11 years. And, uh, but, uh, and I doubt that I'm going to be posting every day in the month of August, but, uh, this will be a little, a little bit interesting month of August, but, uh, just like everything, we're going to get through it and I think it'll be okay. And I, and I do think it will run with fans. All right. Very good. I, I agree with you and looking forward to it. Uh, I'm not, I'm surprising. I'm not going through the May withdrawals as uh, I thought I would. And unfortunately, I'm seeing a lot of people going through that uh, on on Facebook and other social medias. But as I, as I've been telling my buddy, uh, they really need to get a life. (laughs) There's a lot of other stuff out there. So uh, just deal with it. And August is going to be fun. Yeah, I I think you're right. I, I, I I will say Memorial Day itself will feel weird because I'll be sitting. Yes. Right. That 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 that's probably where it's going to hit home. But uh, you know, you got to think about you know August is going to be fun, and we'll we'll just go from there. So, uh, George, thank you for taking time out today, and uh, looking forward to it. We will chat with you again probably sooner than you think. Thank you, Steve. Enjoyed it as always. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.